All right, everybody, welcome to the Lunch Hour Sports Show. We are back after a wonderful Thanksgiving celebration of all things sports, of all things food, just really encapsulated the beauty of the Lunch Hour Sports Show. So we're back, and like many of you, we're easing into the day-to-day grind yet again. And um, Dan, I'm glad you're here this evening. I'm happy to see you, that you're alive. I'm glad to be here. You know, I, I want to ask the customary, how was your Thanksgiving? But It was I would, terrible. It was I so terrible. Feel, I would feel wrong doing that. <laughs> I didn't have Thanksgiving. I had a sickness. Dan was deprived of Thanksgiving. I was. I was. It, it's, it's not correct. It's unjust. But unfortunately, it was the cards that he was dealt. This is what I get for claiming a holiday centered around colonialism as my favorite holiday. This is, <laughs> I, I think I really honestly brought this on myself. Well, there is that. Um, yep. Maybe a little karmaic interworkings in that. Mm-hmm. Or it could have just been how hard you came down on the ham lovers out there. Um that could add something to do with it. I'll do it again next year, <laughs> if that's the case. I'll do it all over again and say it with my chest, with my mucus-filled chest right here. Just Yes. <clears throat> yeah, no, I tested positive for COVID on Wednesday night. So Ooh. pretty, I mean, we'll get to garbage time later and I'll, I'll delve into it a little more. Yeah. But it was pretty rough. But at the same time, it was, it was kind of great because... I got I got taken care of. I got food. I got the food I wanted to eat brought to me. I got to eat it at, at, at my own leisure. Uh, I got to watch all the sports that you wanted to watch throughout the weekend, and uh, I didn't have to sit through any awkward family political debates. So, I think you might have just hacked Thanksgiving. I think I won. I think I weirdly won Thanksgiving. I had a friend texting me, checking on me. <laughs> He was like, how's Thanksgiving solo going? And I was like, honestly, it's kind of great. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, I'm sitting at a table with an interesting Hamas-Israel debate right now. Mm, and I'm just like, yep, great. I dodged that. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's what you missed out on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, you kind of, you did. You got the food, you got the sports with none of the baggage. Like, I, I think that you just gave us all the recipe to a super enjoyable Thanksgiving. Yeah, everybody everybody next year around November 20th just start licking light poles and doorknobs and hope you get COVID and you can celebrate this way. It was good. It was standard, you know, good. just um, the usual. We got up Thursday morning and uh, enjoyed the Thanksgiving parade, uh, courtesy of old Macy's, and um, watched that through until time to eat. Actually, a little bit past time to eat. Usually, my stomach's about ready by the time the parade's over. It was not all quite ready then, so I was um, was borderlining on the hanger. Dead time. But then it was dead ready. Dead air. Yeah, it was a little <laughs> bit of dead air. And Got some dead air. Yeah, it was... Uh, it, that, But it's okay, because it all came through, and then uh, we were able to feast and, and enjoy the meal that was had. Uh, the, we won't, we don't have a whole segment, but boy, we should have on the dog show because really that's my highlight. That's what I enjoy. 
the the parade goes off, the dog show starts, and I come alive, man. The dog show is a point of contention every year in the Martin household. Why is this? What's wrong with the dog show? I mean, do you really want to want to watch the dog show over the the first NFL game? For me, yes. Okay, okay, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. And now Dan's has has his own Larry Munson moment. I broke my chair. I fell right through my chair. Touchdown, my God, a touchdown. <laughs> he was really upset about, oh. about the Great Dane. I just coughed. Winning. I just coughed. And you wouldn't have heard it because my mic was on mute like a responsible podcaster that I am. And, oh, uh, yes. And my chair arm just fell off. That was bizarre. That's an aggressive cough, my man. If the people needed any more indication of where you're at right now, mm-hmm. you just coughed with enough force to break a chair. That's right. So, but hey, you know what? You didn't have as maybe bad of a week as it could have been, Dan. It could have been worse, but you put on quite a performance in our Turkey say, Day Pick'em. I could have picked the Lions against the spread. You could have, but you did not, <laughs> like I did. So what a time. So, uh, yeah, we had from last week, our Turkey day pick them against the spread with some NFL and college games in there. And yeah, you, 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 um, you wiped the floor with Dan, you had the Packers against the spread. Uh, you had the Niners, you had Mississippi state and, um, that got that got you the dub. Now I did, I did get Iowa. You got Iowa, yeah. And, but that um, was if necessary. That was if necessary. That That's was game true. seven. That was game seven. That yeah. was not needed. So um, actually, I only thing I got was the Niners. Yeah, we we had we had the Commanders wrong. <laughs> yeah, we we did have the Commanders wrong. <laughs> that was very wrong. But that's okay. the The Packers game was the one that I like had to have. Once I got that one, I was like, okay, sweet. And got it fairly early based off their uh, first quarter performance. Um, I even got to relax before that god-awful Jack Harlow halftime show came on. Um, I didn't even see that, I mean, of course, because I was watching the dog show. But I w- the Good call. It was bad. <laughs> it was very bad. Yeah, Jack Harlow halftime show or Dolly Parton? Oh, Dolly Parton. Of course. Only one answer. Yeah, Dolly Parton wiped the floor with Jack Harlow. Exactly. Um, I came dangerously close. I mean, we cashed this, quote-unquote, on Monday of last week, and that's when <clears throat> I took Mississippi State at minus 11, and they lost by 10. So I was very, oh, I was so cutting rare. it very close to – I mean, Ole Miss gets one more score of any kind, and you actually win Turkey Day pick them. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the crazy thing. Yeah, it was coming down to it, man. I was, uh, I'm not a, a betting man, you know. I I enjoy the lines for the perspective, and of course for some fun fodder here on the lunch hour sports show. But I I felt it as if I were watching yeah. that game because like it was a close game, but then Ole Miss is pulling away, and I'm just like a, a field goal. All we need is a field goal, and couldn't get it. So Taco Mac bet to end all Taco Mac bets coming up. We just got to figure out mm. how we're gonna do that. Sure, maybe a little, um, a little CFP action in there. I think I was thinking that. I was thinking towards that. 
We can, we can definitely see what's happening there. Probably going to be hard to set up a Taco Mac date this month. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're probably looking at 2024. Yeah. For yeah. the time. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> oh, that's the the beautiful thing about the most wonderful time of the year. You just <clears throat> stay busy and yep. uh, doesn't stop. But yes, so congratulations. Where do for you there, Dan? We now sit even at the Taco Mac scoreboard. Even Steven. Well, Dan, let's just get into this thing, dude, because Saturday was just about as college football as college football could be, and it was quite wonderful. Of course, it was rivalry week, and it did not disappoint in the slightest. Um, Thursday night, of course, like we talked about with the Egg Bowl, it wasn't quite the Egg Bowl of old, but... Still a good time, nonetheless. And you had some contenders here that really just took care of business in their games, uh, looking at Oregon, Texas. Um, Arch Manning. Arch Manning. Arch Manning saw him. He looked you good. saw him. Exactly. Uh, so they just kind of took care of it. Uh, not really much to discuss there. No real excitement in their games. But, you know, we've got to talk about it. The, the big game, the game of the weekend, mm-hmm. or should I say the fixture of the weekend, Liverpool and Manchester City. No, I'm just kidding. We're that not going to talk about game. it. That was a it, great game, though. It was a great game. Like, <laughs> yeah. I know we're, we are talking about college football, but I just had to uh, tease that a little because that was also very intense. That was phenomenal. I had never really watched EPL in the morning like that. But of course, I've been dude, assigned Liverpool. It'll it'll change you. It'll do it to you, dude. It's magical. I I know. I texted you at some point in the morning. I can't remember when they hit the uh, hit the goal mm-hmm. to uh, the equalizer, if you would. Mm-hmm. And I understand it now. Yeah. I always thought like Ted Lasso, like ties are dumb. But when we tied that up, I was I was pretty excited. But you know, Dan, this week. The meals aside, you couldn't write this weekend. So we're just going to be a college football show today. I'm sorry for those of you that that enjoy the NFL. We respect the NFL. It's a professional game. But it's college football's time to shine. We'll We'll have our moments for the NFL. But this was a college football weekend. And this upcoming weekend is very much so... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Dedicated, yeah, to college football. We're we're going to be a college football show for the next couple of weeks. Our typical rundown of our our meal structure, if you will, is probably going to go by the wayside just for a moment. We usually have a prep sheet where we line all this stuff out, but you can't write a script like this. We just got to touch on all things college football for the next little bit because it's just that time of the year. It's the most wonderful time of the year. You got to do it. College football. That's right. It's what's for dinner. <laughs> There's a reference for some of you. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Yeah. That is what we're eating. That it is, is what it. we're having tonight. Yes. That's it. That's the menu. Start and finish. Mm-hmm. Well, Dan, no, no better place than to start there at big noon with the game. Mm-hmm. Number two, Michigan or sorry, number two, Ohio State, number three, Michigan, 
in the big house, no Jim Harbaugh still. And this was a great game. Um, classic. It was. Instant 100%. It was awesome. But yes, this game um, stayed close. I mean, Michigan looked like they were going to make a run and pull away, but Ohio State just kept on coming back. And, you know, Kyle McCord has has had a good season. He, I think he's had he has big shoes to fill, and he's yeah. done that very well. But those two interceptions that he threw in this game, not going to say they decided the game, but you are not helping yourself at all with those uh, that he threw it. Really kind of pivotal points of the game, pivotal points in terms of field position on Especially the field. Especially the first one. Yeah, the first one, I mean, it looked like we were going to be in a in a defensive just kind of you know, fist fight here. And it still was not a super high scoring game, but that's what it looked like. And whenever neither team was getting any momentum moving the ball, and now, boom, you just threw an interception and gave them the ball in your own territory, that's, that's not a great opened, recipe for success. That's what kind of opened up the scoring for the day. Exactly. You could he McCourt played a pretty good game other mm-hmm. than the two interceptions. But that's yeah. the crappy part is those two those two mistakes were so big. And you know what? McCarthy on the other side didn't make those mistakes. And that really shifted the tide of the whole day, even though McCord wasn't that bad other than a couple moments. But those two moments were enough in a game that was this close. Exactly. It's those tiny, I mean, not necessarily tiny details, but it's those moments that come down to the winning and the losing of, of this particular game. When it's so close like this, you're so evenly matched. The, the stakes are so high giving the ball up in those situations and at those certain parts of the field it is not at all uh, going to do you any favors. So still props to Ohio State. This was a close game. Uh, as you mentioned, Kyle McCord overall, I many still threw for 271 yards and threw for two touchdowns. Michigan just seems to be that boogeyman right now. I was yeah. wrong. Last week and thinking that this can't go on forever, Ohio State's going to come out and, and probably flip the switch. But they're going to have to show it. I mean, at this point, we're in that position of until proven otherwise, Michigan's kind of got the stranglehold on right now. Mm-hmm. And they they played their game. Defense played great. Um, it's kind of hard to tell what it was saying more about offense or defense, I feel like, just – the defenses were playing at a really high level um, and offenses looked like they were having a hard time getting the ball moving there. But that's a little bit of what we were coming to expect. I mean, both of these teams have excellent defenses with still playmakers on offense. And so (laughs) Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, 118 yards on only five receptions. Yeah, he was not (laughs) (laughs) targeted enough. Um, I I, I thought it was interesting that you got to give props to Michigan's run defense because they really, for the most part, staved off any sort of established run game from Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State's longest run, I think, was 12 yards. You're correct, yeah. Like, they they really did a good job of just saying, we're not giving you this. We're going to make Kyle McCord beat us, and we're also going to give us ourselves favorable matchups against your best weapon in Marvin Harrison Jr. And – and it worked to a T. Um, there in the second half, they started to find a little bit of a rhythm moving the ball down the field, but that was that was it. 
And even the interception at the end to seal the deal was because of the pass rush that got in and affected McCord. I mean, that front seven, if anyone needed a game ball, it was those guys. Exactly. Like you said, the game plan uh, looks like it played out to a T for Michigan. Excellent game here. Salute you, America's team. I I refuse. (laughs) Actually, um, Mizzou. America's team. Okay. <laughs> if you ask Eli Drinkwitz. He's starting to get a little mouthy. <laughs> he is starting to get a little that mouthy. Guy standing that on top business. 10 rankings getting to his head a little bit. I know, dude. I know. So, um, yeah, he. everybody wants to be America's team, basically. Um, that's what we're all playing for. But excellent game. And, Dan, this is, uh, this is not great for Ryan Day. This yeah. is really not great. Yeah. Everyone's probably seen the numbers that are out there. Um, um, he's now one in three against Michigan, which is not good <laughs> for Ohio State and the standards of the program. He's, you know, got six of his seven losses. And so he's only had seven, seven losses since taking over there in Ohio State. And and six of them are against top five opponents. So fifty six and seven as a head coach, you're like, oh yeah, that that's success. <laughs> but at Ohio State, where the expectation is national championships, it's not really what it's not what they're looking for, especially when the issues seem to be coming against top competition. I mean, he he's he's forty and zero against Big Ten teams that are not named Michigan. So it's just like you've got this one hurdle. Yeah, exactly. He's got this one hurdle that's Michigan and what essentially are the playoff contending teams. And I'm not not the one going to be beating the drum of fire Ryan Day, but it's just a question of, what do they do? Like, where do they go and how do they fix this? I, I don't know. I don't have the answers. It's not good. It's also, I, I saw a stat that said the past uh, 22 years in this rivalry, the team that has ran for more yards won the game. Hmm. I, I have to think that Ryan Day knows that. And maybe he just didn't have the personnel for – this matchup, I know that wasn't his game plan for the past couple matchups, but it feels like he's playing this game wrong. But at what at what point do you say, I need to build a team that can win a national championship, or do I need to build a team that can beat Michigan? Because that's mm. that's kind of been the knock. That was the knock on Ohio State last year, was they they really should have beaten Georgia. And oh, yeah. Yeah, you could definitely, yeah, 100%. Would have won the national championship. And that's how that team was built. They were... They were, an, they were a passing attack. They were a little more high-flying. Defense wasn't quite there, but it was good enough to aid their passing game. Uh, but they were not built to beat Michigan in the slightest. And I think that's still what you've got with Ohio State. It was more so this year. I mean, this game was closer because this team, more so than the others for the past three years, was of that identity. They had a good offense. They had a stable running backs they could try to lean on. Michigan is just better at playing their own game than them right now. And I think that's one thing Ryan Day is probably going to have to take into the offseason is like, 
okay, I know I'm trying to win a national championship, but I have to beat Michigan to get there. How do I beat this team? I think I think they he's looking for somewhere in the middle there where he can have a physically dominant team in the trenches, but also have that extra gear when they play an SEC team with a lot of speed or somebody that they're just going to have to outscore. They need to have that gear. Uh, this year they just didn't have that gear, and I think the reason is probably Kyle McCord still developing. That, that'll be interesting to me too is – does Ohio State try and get in the portal next year and get an elite quarterback? Or do they stick it out with Kyle McCord? Because, I mean, he has shown some good development, but at the same time, do you trust him to be the arm to get you into the playoff? I don't know. There's going to be a lot of things up in the air in Columbus this year. So we shall see, but Michigan, they win the day and uh, move along in this college football playoff discussion and uh, get into the Big Ten Championship this upcoming week, which we will talk about later. Uh, let's just Iowa. Yeah, it's it's yeah, we'll we'll mention it, but there's not going to be much. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry, Iowa fans. Let's move along though, in terms of uh, the way these were played, and get into the Apple Cup here. Mm-hmm. You know, last week. I can't remember if it was on air or not, but we kind of talked about, hey, Washington can't look ahead. This Washington State team still lurks, and earlier in the year they had caused some ruckus. Mm-hmm. And um, this was uh, as close as – I mean, this came down to the final seconds of the game uh, for Washington to pull this one out. So they, they win it on a 42-yard uh, field yard field goal but yeah so the apple cup did not disappoint either um congrats there to grady gross getting on scholarship now after hitting that game winner that was sick that was um but yeah dan even even michael Penix jr couldn't watch the end of this game (laughs) that was a that was just a hair dramatic (laughs) a little bit just a little dramatic just hunched over in the injury tent man like okay um a little bit I'm going to ask you straight up, Dan. Did Michael Penix Jr. get outplayed? Yes. Well, if it wasn't for the two interceptions, I would say yes. I think those were so costly throughout the flow of the game. But, like, give credit to the Wazoo defense. I mean, they really limited Michael Penix Jr. And, I mean, Dylan Johnson ran the ball 21 times. He didn't break 100 yards. Mm -mm. That's crazy. His longest was nine yards. Yeah. It's crazy. It, it is crazy, man. Um, but yeah, Cam Ward threw for three hundred and seventeen yards. I mean, that's that's a hundred and thirteen more than Michael Penix threw in this game uh, for one more touchdown. But then, of course, as you mentioned, the two very costly interceptions there. They they found the way to win, which, as you mentioned last week, is a great thing to know how to do when yes. it comes to this time of the year. This was and this being able felt to pull like- it out. This felt like every Washington game we've seen for the past month and a half. Right? <laughs> this is this is uh this felt no different. Um and this is just how Washington has chosen to live their life. And I commend them for it. Uh I would not want to be a Washington fan. No. <laughs> that's, that's too much stress. <laughs> no. One, you gotta live in Seattle 
and it's just raining all the time too. Oh, don't hate just, on Seattle now. I can. Well, I don't hate it, on it, but like, imagine it just raining five days out of the week all year. Yeah, that, that's not that's true. That's, that's kind of sad. Um, yeah, you got to give Washington State a lot of credit, but uh, as savvy college football fans throughout the season have known, they've they've been pretty good, even though their record doesn't quite reflect it. Um, the other thing I want to give Washington credit for. Washington has been playing some of these pretty solid teams down the stretch, and they look like worse wins than they actually are because I think the Pac-12 has been beating up on its on itself so much. I mean, they've beaten oh, yeah, Utah. Historically. Yeah, they've beaten Utah, they've beaten Oregon State, and now they've beaten Washington State. If you looked at all of those teams in late September, you'd be like, that's a death row stretch of teams. Mm-hmm. And they got through them. And it's just because they've kind of traded blows with everybody in the conference so much now that it it, it looks less impressive to beat a six-loss Washington State team. But, like, Washington State's pretty good. Like, we've seen it throughout the year. Oregon State, they beat last week. Oregon State has four losses now, but, like, it's still a pretty good football team. Uh, it's tough to beat. Utah, same story. Like, yes, Washington keeps keeping it too close for comfort, but they're also playing some fairly skilled teams, even though the record doesn't quite reflect that. So, yeah. Um, on the other I'm hand, sure. though, they do have to play Oregon, and Oregon is playing some of these same teams right now. And Oregon's just beating their heads in. So yeah. that's a concern. It is very much a concern. Yeah. Uh, and and we will definitely take a look over at that matchup. Um, but yes. Props to Washington. They live to fight another day. They know how to get in these games and win them, which is a, a great trait to have and something that's going to serve them well here down the last bit of the season. But it uh, doesn't come at an any lower stress level. That's for sure. So in the Apple Cup, Washington moves along. They are the victors. Congratulations to those dogs. And now, Dan, we got this is it. Now we got to talk about it. We we haven't even touched it. We haven't even barely brought it up the whole we show. Have to. No, we we really have to. We really do. It was so sad. It was so sad, but <coughs> just like when we were talking about Michigan and Ohio State, maybe even definitely more so. This game was a classic. This is one that we're going to see the highlights of, and we're going to see that replay. For years and years and years to come. So the Iron Bowl, number eight Alabama, going on the plains to play the Auburn Tigers on what is the 10th anniversary of the kick six. Ten years, a decade has passed since that madness. And just decided to bring a little bit of Iron Bowl drama back into it. I don't know how you felt, Dan, but when I was watching this game, and truth be told, I didn't catch all of it. I caught most of the, uh, probably the whole fourth quarter, if that, um, due to some Christmas festivities that were being had uh, with the parade. No Christmas parties yet. I'm not. We're not that crazy. But when I was watching, it just kind of felt like nobody wanted to win this game. Yeah, yeah, that was going <laughs> on for a while. Um that was going on for a while. I missed most of the third quarter 
because at halftime I was just like, I need a, I need a little bit of a break from football. I'm going to, I'm going to move mosey over to Netflix for a second. I watched, uh, sure. I watched Shane Gillis new, uh, hour special. That was great. There you go. Um, he, uh, he's, he's a funny guy, but yeah, I kind of got back into this, like almost start of the fourth quarter, like a couple minutes left in the third. And that's exactly what it felt like. It was no one wanted to win except for Auburn's defense. They very much wanted to win. Sure. Yeah. They just sure. couldn't. <laughs> yeah. Because they have a very limited opportunity to score points. And it's, they, they really wanted to win up until the last play. Sure. Right. <laughs> They'd given all they had. They'd given all they had. Um, Auburn, Auburn ran the ball very well. Jarquez mm-hmm. Hunter and, oh, shoot. What's this? What's that guy's name? The other one. <clears throat> um, you're thinking of Damari Austin? Yes. I mean, those guys were borderline unstoppable at moments. Jarquez yeah, I Hunter mean, ripped off some long runs multiple times. Exactly. They ran for almost 200 yards between the two of them. That's insane. On 24 attempts, like combined. Yeah, they were efficient. And, I mean, Peyton Thorne found some holes every once in a while. If he couldn't yeah, get through the air. Yeah, he got 57. He was slippery. <clears throat> Oh, for sure. Bama just didn't quite have an answer for it. Man, it felt like this thing was over. I mean, it really seemed as though here it is. Alabama's going to take the L here, especially whenever you get to fourth and goal and you're on the 31-yard line. I mean, miracles happen. Yes, they do, but it just seemed as though there's no way. I mean, you either get into one of those short pass and then just kind of lateral it up the field situations or you take that shot for the end zone and the chances were not great but then the grave digger the mill rope I got you that's what I'm calling it the mill rope the mill rope (laughs) (laughs) all right but yeah Dan so here we are um, Alabama gets the ball back um, as a result of the muffed punt and this is their this is their opportunity. Uh, this is this is their chance to go down and uh, and make this thing happen. And so we uh, we get Jalen Milrow just running basically. That that's the plan here. Um, that poor boy does not know what throwing behind the line of scrimmage means either. That was really something. I mean, he did um, that several times throughout the second half. Yeah, and luckily corrected himself. <laughs> when it mattered the most. Yes. But that's just, man, that's the thing. It's that it's some of that weird iron bowl juju that was very prevalent at the end of this game. Um, so because of the muff punt, Alabama gets the ball. Uh, Jalen Milrow just scrambles around, gets a first down. Um, they lose some yards, scrambles for tw- uh, almost, well, 19 yards uh, to go ahead and get another first down. And then... Um, then we get down here. They're they're in first and goal. Okay, there's there's a minute forty three left. First and goal on the seven yard line. There's a run for a loss. They lose a yard. They go back to the eight, and then there's the eighteen yard loss there, um, coming on the lost snap. Am I right on that? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was uh, honestly the whole thing. I know you don't want to hear it. It was shades of second and twenty six. 
No, that you're that is the perfect comp yeah. for for what happened. You're you're 100 correct, and I also hate it, but you're 100 correct. Um, so the lost snap sends them back, and now here they are, lost 18 yards, and then they're on the 26. Well, then you get the illegal forward pass, <laughs> like the third of the day at that point. Exactly. <laughs> So now here we are. We have backed up to the Auburn 31. It's now fourth and goal. And this is it. 43 seconds. Fourth and goal on the 31. That's an odd enough statement. Yeah. And there's 43 seconds left. And it again seems like, well, nope, here we go. This this is it. Well, Jalen Milro puts it up in the back corner of the end zone for Isaiah Bond. And uh, there it is, 31 yards for the touchdown, take the lead, and really that's it at that point. Um, Peyton Thorne gets sacked and then throws just an interception as the cherry on top to end this thing off. But there's a lot of weird stuff that happens in the Iron Bowl, weird stuff that happens in Auburn. This has still got to be one of the weirdest it it was up there as one of the weirdest. Um, uh, okay, Isaiah Bond pushed off. Am I crazy? <laughs> Isaiah Bond definitely pushed off. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he definitely yeah. pushed off. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you know, it it depends on who you ask. That's that's how that's going to boil down. Is you know, if you ask me. Auburn won the game because Isaiah Bond pushed off. Yeah, I, I thought that was a little bush league. But what else? What else was bush league? Was Auburn's defensive plan for that play to even let that happen anyway? I mean, they rushed two with a spy two yards off the line of scrimmage. Milrow yeah. has to get to the goal line. Which is 31 yeah. yards away. Why are you spying him? Just rush him. Yeah, I mean, I understand playing conservative because everything's in front of you. They've got to throw it to the end zone. That's their option. Uh, you want to you wanna drop three and then uh, have, have five guys there monitoring uh, the football and, and where it's going to go. I think but they needed really, three or four guys rushing and just yeah because because time's going to run out. Yeah. I mean, and and if he scrambles and and, and he moves up then, you know, he he's got to run it into the end zone, which is a whole nother that, that's an even higher unlikely scenario yeah, that he me, rushes for that touchdown. If so If he scrambles, that's good because you've got like 7 DBs back there that are just all right, go get Jalen Milrow. And they just run up and get him. Yeah. Well, and the odds of him being able to plant his feet, make a solid, accurate throw to the zone and be able to continue to read the coverage and make a good a good decision with the football, it's a lot less likely when you've got him on the move. Yeah. So it, it, it was interesting. Um, again, I understand you don't want any – you don't want to leave anything – to chance and just put as many guys back in coverage as you can. But 
it, it didn't work. It <laughs> so didn't you work, got, and some kind of those did DBs, leave it a chance. Some of those DBs really just kind of didn't play their space as well as they could have. I mean, they they kind of lost a. I mean, the guy on Isaiah Bond definitely lost Bond when he got back there. He he kind of didn't know where he was for a second. That that just cannot happen on on a play like that. Um, and he wasn't the only one. There were a couple other. If Milrow didn't want to go to Bond, he he could have gone to a couple other places. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It so was just, it was bizarre. I felt like I was watching the the 2021. You remember the 2021 Iron Bowl, where it was kind of similar, not exactly, but it was that weird like quadruple overtime. Um, Auburn was really bad, and they still almost they should have won the game, and then. Alabama finds a way to win, and then they went off to kill Georgia in the SEC championship the next week. I, I'm a little worried that's what we're staring down the barrel of. Hmm. You think? I'm, I'm worried that history is repeating itself just slightly. But, yeah, so I, I would take the results of, of the 2021 season. Well, I wouldn't because I don't want Bama in the playoff. Well. So just beat them Saturday, please. I mean, <laughs> that's Yeah. That's what sure. I want. That's what I want. <clears throat> sure. I mean, yeah, just, I mean, well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll totally just, <laughs> just take care of that there for you. Appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, there's there's some interesting questions now at the top. Um, we would, of course, love to, love to take care of them for you, Dan. I, I promise you that's what we want as well. Okay. Just um, making sure. Making sure we're all on the same page here. Yeah. No, that, that's definitely what, what we desire to do um there's there's no doubt about that cool um i think i think (coughs) some folks are overreacting a little bit to saturday's game with with my dogs to be fair yeah um i I agree yes it is a rivalry game and i will give credit to tech they it could have been a lot worse that's for sure um they played a respectable game and were able to make some things happen. They they ran the ball really well. They had 205 yards of offense on the day. Um, only thing on the other side of the field is um, Kendall Milton just went off. Um, he's pretty good. <laughs> he, he's been building some steam. Carson Beck just kind of did what he needed to uh, in this game and got the win. Some people were concerned. I'm not that concerned. We'll be... Back next week with some faces that were not in that game, and it won't be such an interesting uh, situation when it comes to the rivalry game and and some of the nuances of the offense that Tech was running there. Uh, just kind of felt a little kitschy at times, to be honest. But it was also just a weird atmosphere for that game. I mean, like a half full Tech stadium, and it's kind of raining, and it's just meh. Well, and the half the half filled stands were still. A majority Georgia mostly, fans. Mostly Georgia fans, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was it. I, I think you hit it on the head, playing down to the opponent Yeah, most likely there. Which Georgia's not game. above, but that's okay because they prove it when they need to. Yeah, so it happened, but got the win and uh, still moving along. Hey, and, and your Tigers also picked up a good rivalry win. A uh, good rivalry win? I wouldn't call it that. I mean – that was so Tabor we've had on the show. He was at the game. Oh. Uh, and you know, he's a big South Carolina fan. 
I wanted to see if there was a way we could get him on to recap the game and everything, but like, I wouldn't want him to continue to think about that game. I mean, my team won the game, and I don't even know if I want to continue. That was an awful <laughs> football game. That was a garbage football game. I even texted him after, and I was like, "Dude, I wanted to, I wanted to kind of talk smack, but I don't even. I just don't even. I'm sorry we had to sit through that together." <laughs> yeah, sixteen to seven. I mean, that was a barn burner. Uh, there was one offensive touchdown scored. <laughs> On a fourth and goal, which if Tyler Davis didn't trip over Khalil Barnes, probably wouldn't have been scored. Yeah, 59 passing attempts between Klubnik and Rattler Mm -hmm. and 212 yards to show for it. It was awful, dude. It was so bad. Oh, yeah. It was uh, not great. Not great if you like offense. I mean, no points in the fourth quarter. Just none. None. Just none. (laughs) South Carolina, after the touchdown drive, for almost the rest of the game, had negative offensive yards. Yeesh. It was bad. Like, I remember they said that on the broadcast, and it was like, there was like seven minutes to go in the game. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> this is awful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 57 rushing yards. That was a that was a Palmetto Bowl to forget. <laughs> Sure. For, for just everyone. For just everyone. I know we won, and I'm glad we won, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, so that was some exciting <coughs> rivalry week action this past week. Uh, we didn't talk about Florida and Florida State. That one was close, but Florida State uh, an comes in and, yeah. and, and hangs on. Um, you know, they are without Jordan Davison. They won the game, which, as you said last week, they it could have been an upset there. Um, very, very likely could have happened. So, Rodemaker uh, survived. Dweeb. <laughs> Tate Rodemaker, dweeb. Dweeb? <laughs> Dweeby guy. Don't like him. Well, hey, well, he took a serious uh, serious collision and, and and kept on in that game. So, he's, he's a tough dweeb. Sure. He's a dweeb. But still a dweeb. Yeah, so we'll see how he does. Next week, and on that note, let's get into a little bit of championship and, and, and unfortunately, maybe a little bit of chaos, Dan, because <laughs> things be can go really sideways. Weekend, yes, yeah. So this is all leading up to the what's going to be the ultimate conclusion of the college football playoff rankings um, coming up after this championship weekend, and. So Dan, let, let's just let's just get into this thing and 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 go down these conference championships. So Friday night, because the Pac-12 just loves to be a little weird, but That's I enjoy right. this. I enjoy that it's Friday night. This is our last Friday night Pac-12 championship game. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about that. It's so sad, right? You've got number four Washington, number six Oregon, and how odd that the team that is ranked higher and to this point still you know holds the head-to-head victory is not only not the favorite in this game but they're a nine and a half point dog nine and a half nine and a half oh my gosh this is espn bet but they're nine and a half point dog that's crazy 
I was not expecting that. <laughs> um, just kind of pulling up all the things necessary to go through what we wanted to talk about. And when I pulled up this schedule, I was shocked. It's a little shocking. But that's not that's not just like a weird ESPN thing. I mean, that that's that's about the line that you're seeing out there. Mm-hmm. Um I get it. I I would be willing to say Oregon would be the favorite in this game, even though Washington is ranked higher and they did beat Oregon. But nine and a half is many more points <laughs> than I would have thought uh, coming into this game. And so... They're nine and a half on DraftKings too. Yeah. I mean... It's just... That's it. <laughs> it's uh, It's very odd. And the weird thing is apparently the opening line was eight and a half. So it's moving, it's moving even further in Oregon's favor. So we get it. The rematch that has been long awaited and we were just hoping to see it again is definitely here and we're definitely going to see it again. But yeah, it's so odd how much time can change things. And this Oregon team, as you've already mentioned today, is not the same. They're not playing the same. They're performing much different than Oregon when these teams last played. They're performing much different than Washington has. They're playing in the same conference against a lot of the same opponents, and the results are just different. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just they're just so different. Um, I mean, Washington is still super talented. I mean, we know this. We, we see the offense. The offense is electric, and they can go out and uh and get the win but even statistically they're they're behind Oregon oddly enough Oregon's offense second in points per game second in total yards per game first first in the country in passing yards per game now sure Washington is right behind them there at second but again it's just been different and well, Washington's the, got a history so far this season of getting outgained and still winning. <laughs> so there you go. I mean, it happened again last week. So exactly. I mean, so it's, uh, it's, it's crazy to think that. I mean, the winner of this is getting in. Like, oh yeah, no, this is a playoff spot right here, and that's so cool for the Pac-12, who's struggled to get somebody in. Is that they have a standalone game on a Friday night, and the winner goes into the playoff. And that's how we're sending out this conference. I love that. I mean, it's been how many years now? Um, 2016 was the last time, Washington. Been a long time. Very long time. Yeah, really cool to see that happen for them, like you mentioned, in this last year as the Pac-12, as we've known it. For me, though, Dan, when it comes to this game, the, the big standout is just the presence of a defense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, any sort of living, breathing force that is out there that can maybe not prohibit the other team from scoring, but at least inhibit it in some way. And, and Oregon has that. Um, as a matter of fact, their defense, looking at these fun national rankings, which I love so much, they're seventh in points per game allowed. They're, they're averaging 15.9 points per game allowed. Yeah, their defense. defense has had one off game the whole season, and, it's, yeah. and it was that game in Seattle. Exactly. And no matter where they rank in terms of rushing yards or just overall yards per game allowed, they are still just, I mean, 
so many strides above Washington in their defense in that regard. And so quite simply, when I look at this game, I just think I think that's the difference. I, is I agree. That Oregon has developed into this team that has been handling their business. They have been handling teams almost easily. Um, Washington keeps on getting in these close games, and each week, no matter who the opponent is, we're kind of wondering when it's finally going to bite them. I think it's going to be the week it's finally going to bite them. I think so. I think Oregon has been waiting for this. Um, it's it's not on Washington's home field. Um, I, I wonder. Washington does have the skill of winning football games. Does it show up here? But I just everything we've seen over the past month, I just I don't see a way Washington can beat this team. Let's move along to the Big Twelve championship game. Uh, going into Saturday, this one's at noon. Oklahoma State in Texas. I really don't know what much to make of this game other than I think it's probably going to be weird. It's going to be a very close game. It's it's, it's just going to be weird, man. It's, it's going to be weird. I'm a little bummed out we're not getting the uh, the Red River rematch. Me too. Um, but Oklahoma State's good, and Oklahoma State's got some firepower to come out and beat these guys. Uh, it It's not just going to be a cakewalk. My thing about this game, though, is if Texas wins this game, are they in? Would you say they're in? It's going to be tough. It it is going to be tough and in some odd way it feels as though Texas doesn't control their own destiny because yeah. it still almost hinges on what Alabama does. Yes. But that's why we're here. That's why we have a committee. That's why there's no more formulas picking our national title contenders. Somebody's going to get beat. It, yeah, this is not going to go over easily. Yeah, somebody's going to get beat, and I think yeah. it might be Texas. <laughs> I mean, I hate to, <laughs> I hate to do it to him, but it really feels like does it not just feel, like if I were to tell like this whole conversation around if Texas wins and and they're in, that feels uncomfortable. That doesn't feel as though I'm willing to live in that world. You tell me that Texas goes out and loses on a last second field goal to Oklahoma State, and I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Like that fits the that fits the bill for me. <laughs> and I'm sorry to Texas fans, but that's just kind of what feels correct. And that's that's maybe historically for the Big 12. Um that's this Oklahoma State team this year because who in the world knows what they're going to do <laughs> each week. I mean, they've they've lost to South Alabama this season and yet they're still ranked number 20 with a spot in a conference championship it's just it's been all over the place yeah i that do says it all i think oklahoma state's gonna win this game because i don't feel like texas has truly recovered from the initial quinn ewers exit i know mm. he's back in some capacity but they just have not looked the same since he took that layoff for his injury and they they've been so out of sync and i think oklahoma state like i said they've got the firepower they all are also one of those teams that has found the skill of winning football games. Very much so. I mean, they shouldn't even be in this game after what happened to been BYU last week, but here we are. I, I this is the one I smell in the water that I'm like, I think Oklahoma State's probably probably going to help answer some questions for us this weekend. A line on this one, 
also a little surprised, but Texas is a 14 and a half point favorite mm. in this one. It could shake out that way, but I, oh man, I don't know. I'm going to let you pick this one first. I'm going to, I'm going to gather my final thoughts. Oh, well that's, that's my pick. I, I think Oklahoma state wins. Even though I don't feel it in my heart, just the tension of compiling these final rankings feels like it could be a situation where <coughs> Texas wins and in some ways kind of messes up the uh, the path for for what we think could happen. So I think Texas wins. Uh, I think Oklahoma State covers the 14 and a half. That's a pretty wide margin, but I don't know. My, my heart leans with you, Dan, but my logical brain is leaning more this way. So let's go out of there. Moving in order. It's the SEC championship game at 4 o'clock in Mercedes-Benz Stadium in A-Town. Yeah, I don't like it, Dan. I just I just don't like it. I, I'm nervous. Uh, regardless, Georgia comes into this a six-point favorite. Probably still too many for my liking. But here we go. Um, number one, Georgia, number eight, Alabama. It, let's just ask the same question we've been asking here, Dan. Is the winner in? I think the winner's in, and I think if Georgia loses, they're still in, unless they get beat by like 20. You or think? Something. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's the struggle for me. I want to say that Georgia's in regardless, but because of so many deserving teams – being in this, both deserving in terms of talented and resume, um, maybe some more due to resume, but nonetheless, it's a it's a really tight group, and so that makes me nervous on this one. Um, it's hard when I when I look at these lovely little tables ahead of the game that shows all of these national rankings because by the numbers, it should be easy. Georgia ranks top 10 in points per game, points per game allowed, total yards per game, passing yards per game, yards per game allowed. And even in the one that they don't rank top 10, rushing yards per game, they still rank a good 15 spots ahead of Alabama. And so on paper, this should make sense. And the back-to-back national champions should just do what they do and be able to come in and win this game. But you know what kind of really stood out to me in watching football on Saturday was they showed the graphic of like coaches who have more than one win against Alabama. You know, anybody who's got multiple wins against Nick Saban, I should say rather. Mm-hmm. And you know, G- Georgia and Kirby Smart are not on that list. Mm-hmm. We've only we've only got the monkey off. We we did get the monkey off our backs. We've only done it once. That's that's going to go into my point here in a second. But, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, it's just it, it makes me nervous. Like, we, we've been able to do it. Have we been able to do it consistently? No. Like, Alabama still has the upper hand historically. And that's still the GOAT on the other sideline coaching that team. They're still a super talented football team. And if there's one thing that Georgia's had some issues with this year has been mobile quarterbacks. yeah. And if Jalen Milrow is anything, he is a mobile quarterback. 
So stuff like that just really worries me. Um, makes me nervous. <laughs> I could see this getting into a shootout in some odd way. Man, I'm just conflicted. I don't know. It, <laughs> I go back and forth on this one. Do you have any analysis to, to give before we go ahead and pick it? Um, analysis, no, but a vibe check, yeah. I'm just going to be the vibes guy here for a sec. Um, That's totally fine. I feel like there are moments in college football where a program takes hold of the metaphorical throne, you know, like they're sitting upon the throne of college football. When I was coming up watching college football when I was a kid, it was Florida. Florida was sitting on the throne. They were, I was right there in the thick of that. If, if for Well, I guess it was USC when I really first started watching, and then it shifted to Florida. And then there was a game in the SEC championship where Alabama just destroyed that Tim Tebow Florida team, and it felt like Alabama kind of took the throne. I don't feel like Alabama's given up the throne yet in a weird oh. way. I know Georgia has won two in a row, but Georgia's only beaten Alabama one time. Yeah. I think it's going to take a big effort for Georgia to – Georgia's won two in a row, but we still think of the boogeyman as Alabama. I think this changes Saturday. I think oh, this is the exclamation point. Kirby comes out with his guys, and they find a way to beat Alabama, and this is this is Georgia taking the throne from Alabama. Georgia runs the sport now as of Saturday. That's what I see. I've been thinking about that throughout the year of like – Georgia's won two in a row, but I still feel like Alabama is the standard. What would yeah. it take for me, that to change in my mind? Because Georgia didn't play Alabama last year. Now I'm thinking like, well, they would have to play one more time. Here it is. Georgia gets up for big games. I'm not going to try and like kid myself into thinking that this Alabama team I've seen all year is better than Georgia. I'm going to take Georgia. And this is this is, I think, the official you can mark it as a moment in time where Georgia becomes the quote unquote king of college football. I embrace that, Dan. Yeah. I wanted to I wanted receive to give it that to you. I appreciate that. But if Alabama wins, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. Yeah. For the same reason. They don't want to give up the throne. But I think Georgia's gonna take it. I think Georgia's gonna take it. I sure hope so. But I could see this one being close. Down to the wire, it looks like the giant is dead, the dogs have fallen, and then they just go out and win the thing and, and take, the, take the air out of the stadium. Atlanta implodes. Ugga just goes and pees on Nick Saban's leg. Like, give me all of it. Give me the dogs. I think Alabama covers, but I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a believer. I'm a believer in this team, and I, I think maybe we can rise above and win a close one and and flip the script for what it's been historically. I know that I know the last game Georgia won, finally got out of the way, but there's a lot of history there that yeah. is uh, not very far away, and so I'd love to see that get flipped around a little bit. So, with that, the playoff situation would be pretty well settled. Um, yeah, chaos ensues if Bama wins this game. Yeah, chaos would be <laughs> chaos would be afoot, yes. to say the least. Um, I mean, you, you I, I think where it gets 
tricky. I don't know. I mean, you got to think that the loser of the Pac-12 championship is probably out. Yeah, loser's out. Because Oregon would have the two losses, and that would do them in. Washington, though, it would be one loss and the only loss to the team that they beat. They've played it, the eye test just kind of rules them out, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. I even think the committee agrees with that, with where they've been ranking on the past few weeks. So the, the tricky deal is if Georgia loses, you've got Florida State, if they win, Florida State loses, they're out, but let's say Florida State wins, you've got a conference champ there that's undefeated. They, they've got to be in. So in that situation, you probably have Michigan up at the top. You would have... I don't know. I mean, Alabama, I don't know if you can move them all the way up to, to two or three. I feel I mean, like they probably Oregon, come to four. I feel like Oregon would go to two at that spot and then maybe Bama at three. And then it comes down to Florida State or Texas, provided they both win. I would almost just rule both of them out and just keep Georgia in. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I would, I would love that. I would love it, but I, I, you're gonna sit here and tell me that Texas and Florida State right now can beat Georgia. I just, and that's what the playoffs supposed to be. It's supposed to be the four best teams. If Georgia yeah. loses on a last second field goal to Alabama, and we're see, but that's also the tricky thing is if Alabama wins, then that boosts Texas, right? It's this odd push and pull. But then if you look at their resumes as it is. Texas's losses to an Oklahoma team that is bad. Yeah. It's <laughs> not who we <laughs> thought they bad. were. They're a two loss team, uh, you know, in the in the top fifteen teams. And Georgia's loss would be to now top four ranked somewhere, Alabama. So that's the struggle is that's Alabama that's Texas's marquee win that just won their champ won their conference. But the losses, are, there's a clear winner of the losses, which is odd to say. Can we just veto Florida State? <laughs> it seemed like the committee was already kind of setting their setting the table, though, did it not? When they dropped them? And I hate to say it, but if Jordan Travis were still playing, I wouldn't feel that strongly about that. But now yeah. that he's not, I know they can't help that as a team. But we, we've gotten the Tate Rodemaker experience. <laughs> <laughs> Do we really want this in the playoff with how Florida State's been playing also the past month? I mean, that goes into the Washington and Texas equation as well, is they have not been passing the eye test. Yeah. It would be tough, man. Um, but it, it does kind of feel like the committee was setting up, and I don't think that they could in any way justify leaving out an undefeated conference champ because their quarterback got hurt. Yeah. But it, again, they, they already dropped them back. And the only thing really, I mean, their win again over North Alabama, they did what they were supposed to. So it's kind of odd to see them make a move. I mean, sure. Washington had a ranked win and that, that kind of propelled them up, but I don't know. It's a little odd. Um, we're we're, we're going to see how it shakes out. Honestly, I think if we're talking against Georgia or Florida State in Texas with wins, I think Georgia could make it in over Texas because of the quality 
of the loss. The Florida State one is tough. Yeah. Your your common sense probably says put Georgia in because Florida State is without Jordan Travis. But the evaluation of the team based on resume, based on the rankings as they've been released for the past few weeks, probably leans in Florida State. So I don't know. That's an odd battle of the conscious. Do While we, we're here, though, yeah, I was about to say, do we think let's Florida just talk about be Louisville? <laughs> yeah, uh, so eight o'clock on Saturday night, Florida State's only a two and a half point favorite. Louisville did get upset by Kentucky, but that's a you know <laughs> of the upsets, that's a respectable one. Kentucky um, still a good found football it. team. Yep, <laughs> finally figured it out. Finally did um, for that one week. Uh, Mark Stoops, still kept, the head coach, can confirm. Kept him around. That, that win, <laughs> apparently, kept him around. <laughs> apparently so. Um, that or the outrage of Texas A&M fans. It's hard to say which one maybe yeah. kept him in Kentucky. <laughs> but either way, um, yeah, I don't know, dude. Louisville's a lot better team than Florida. And I understand that in any any football game, much less a rivalry game, it's hard to say apples to apples. They struggled against Florida, and Florida or Louisville is a lot better team. But if that was how it looked against Florida, even in a rivalry game in the swamp, there's a big leap from them to Louisville. And again, just vibes, just feelings. In the same way, it feels kind of wrong for Texas to win their game. It kind of feels right for Louisville to win this one. I have a feeling that Florida State's going to win just because Florida State always wins when you don't want them to. Mm. You know, this is just sure. this is just historically what they've been. Um, and we're going to have to sit there and talk about Florida State on Selection Sunday and have them in the mix. I don't want that. <clears throat> I don't either. I don't like that at all. No. But what I don't, think is going to happen like that. is that Georgia beats Alabama, Oregon beats Washington, Michigan wins, obviously. Um, and we don't even have to talk about that game. Michigan is going to kill Iowa. They're, yeah. They're, they're going to. All right. Cross that one off the list. Um, yeah. There's your, there's your analysis. <laughs> there's your of Big that Ten game. championship review. Um, yeah. And then I think Florida State's going to win, but as I've already on my side, I'm predicting I think Oklahoma State's going to be the fly in the ointment to take one of these teams out. I think Florida State's going to get in as the number four team, and they're the one they're the one like does not belong here. There's always one in the playoff that's like, eh, they got in, and I think that's going to be Florida State. They're they're going to be good enough to get in, but they're going to have to play Georgia first round and get killed. You know who's going to raise a lot of cane if that is the case, though. Who's that? In the same way that Georgia fans, we would be sitting here saying, I'll put us in over Florida State if we lose to Alabama. Ohio State fans will not be quiet in that same way. Yeah, just let them talk. Just beat Michigan. If it's if you want it that bad, just beat Michigan, dude. Like Fair point. Fair point. Not, I don't even want to hear from them. <laughs> I don't even want to hear from them, man. Yeah. Enjoy the Fiesta Bowl. Enjoy the Fiesta 
Oh man. So yeah, that, that could be tricky. Um, there's just so much, this is, that's what's so exciting about this weekend and also terrifying is there's so much that could shake out, you know, Georgia wins, Florida state loses, Oregon wins or Washington, either one. And then if Texas does win, it's like, well, there's their ticket, you know? I mean, there's so much up <coughs> for grabs and really Michigan is the only one who's safe. Like I know, and I know you think that Georgia makes it any the way. I would love to think that as well. I can't fully commit to it just yet. I feel as though there's still a very real situation where Georgia gets left out. But the only one team is secure, and there are three spots up for grab yeah. this weekend. It's, so the thought of what we could be waking up to on Sunday is terrifying. It's a little terrifying because of so many things, but. We this is this is what this is our ninth year of doing this. I think so. Yeah. It always feels like we get it right, as much as we hate the committee. It does always feel like it works itself out. Yeah. I feel like it's working itself out later this year. Sure. But it does feel like we get it right in the end, and that's what I'm hoping for. Sure, man. Well. <clears throat> It's going to be worked out and decided one way or another. And somebody will be happy and somebody will be unhappy. That is a given for sure. Mm -hmm. um, we will not talk about Michigan and Iowa, as we mentioned. We already did. But holy cow, uh, Michigan's a 23-point favorite. <laughs> That's going to move, too. That's going to move up. Yeah, it's going to keep on sliding. All right, boom. There you go. Uh, college football, it's what's for dinner. Um we we had it all and just buckle up. And when we close out the show this week, we're going to end with a little bit of garbage time. We haven't done that in a few weeks where we had a little bit of life's misfortunes and in the show's dead air garbage time with a little bit of our own garbage time. I, I'm going to let you go ahead. Yeah, I got a lot to say. Uh, so as I said, I tested positive for COVID on Wednesday night before Thanksgiving. <laughs> um. That stunk very yeah. much so. Big time. Uh, I was not feeling well. I woke up Thursday and I didn't know where I was. Um, I got so much congestion that it felt it felt like there was just bricks up in my nose, and it was awful. Mm. Um, ate a lot of soup, ate a lot of crackers, drank a lot of tea, which I don't like tea. <laughs> So that was a bummer. Well, if you can barely taste it, you know. <clears throat> yeah, but I see, I still had my taste, which was good, except for the tea. Um, sure. I wore the same pair of clothes for five days. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you were on a loan. <laughs> you were just, I was like, like these are my clothes now. I was like, I was camping inside. <laughs> That's... <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I wore bedroom slippers for more in the past five days, more than I had in my entire life up to this point. Um, Just collectively. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was an experience. I had to miss a lot of family gatherings. Yeah. Um, I watched a lot of stuff, watched a lot of sports, watched some movies Good deal. Um, but my ears got so stopped up 
that was the next phase of my sinus congestion, uh, that it was hard for me to hear. So I had to watch Top Gun Maverick on subtitles, which no one's ever done that before. <laughs> no one's ever done that. I was the first one. It. <laughs> I didn't even think Amazon Prime Video had that option because they were like, who needs subtitles for this? <laughs> I was like, me. <laughs> right now. Um, Please. And I had to go to the I had to go to the urgent care uh in the middle of the Ohio State Michigan game. It was it was awful. Um I mean most of the time I didn't know what day it was and I woke up today and I was like, "Oh, I have to work today." <laughs> oh no. Monday. Oh shoot. So Monday hit like a ton of bricks and sure. I didn't do Those bricks fell out of your nose and hit you. Absolutely. But it was it was a weekend I learned a lot about myself. Um Hmm. I'll be honest, I had some bad moments. I got pretty mopey. Rightfully um, so. You're yeah. allowed that. I had to uh I had to wash my dishes in a bathroom sink. I couldn't go upstairs. Um Yeah, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. I sh- I tried to take a bath and the water wouldn't stay hot enough for me to enjoy the bath. And like a heater. I I ran out of hot water. And was just sitting in cold, dirty water. And it was just, and this was like right when I was in the height of my symptoms. Like I was, I was aching all over. I was having a fever and I'm just sitting in cold, dirty water. Just thinking, what, what have I done (laughs) to deserve this? It sounds like the name of a Nickelback album. Cold, Cold, dirty dirty water. water. (laughs) Oh man. Um, Yeah. So COVID sucks still. Uh, I outran it for that was the first time I had it. I outran it for three. Oh, and no, a half was years. that really the first time you had it? That was the first time I had it. I don't know what strand this is going around, but it got me hard. It got me. Um, Man, yeah, first time I had it, I outran it for so long. Thought I was in the clear, and nope, it got me. Came chasing you down like a Clemson defensive back. Yeah, Nate Wiggins just coming after me, or Shane Beamer coming out on the field to tell me to tackle better even though I don't play for his team. God. That too. Yeah. Jeez. Man. Well, we're glad you're here, Dan. I, I'm happy to Against be Against all odds, yeah. even if you're still on the mend. Oh, I'm definitely through. on the mend. I mean, I just picked Oklahoma State to beat Texas. I, I'm definitely on the mend. But Yeah, you're clearly in your yeah. right state of mind. <laughs> did you have Did you have any garbage? <laughs> any garbage to clear out? My garbage time is going to sound really bad, and it's going to be perspective. It's going to be for the future of what's upcoming. Okay. And this is going to sound super ungrateful as it comes out, and I apologize for that. But there is a struggle that this weekend, in the midst of all of this, um, we're taking a, a great and a wonderful and an exciting family trip up to Pigeon Forge, which I am extremely grateful for, and it will be great. We will make memories. It will be full of Christmas, and we're going to have a great time. It's going to be good, Dan. But there's a lot of football that's going to be going on. <laughs> I didn't yeah, know no, the in-laws no, were involved. This is not a uh, my home-only trip. This is a trip with the in-laws, which, again, is great. Okay, I didn't know that. Okay. that It's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be great. They're, are they not football people? My father-in-law is, which is now a, a solace. He's already on my side that at 4 o'clock we have to be at the cabin with a television. So that was going to be my next thing. Do you know what the television setup is in this cabin? It, it's good. 
It's good. Seeing the pictures on the Airbnb. It's good. And you get there on Friday night? Yeah. Yeah, we'll be there Friday night. I'll be good on that one. I would be I would be prepared to see if you can record that sucker and potentially watch it back Saturday night, like well, whenever the activities are done. So one thing in my favor is that we do have a young child, and so she is three, soon to be four. So by 8 o'clock, we, we should be, you know, after a long day on the road, like we should be good. I should be able to enjoy that one in its entirety. If anything, I'll definitely make it in by halftime, I think. It's mainly the rest of the day Saturday that I'm less optimistic about. The, the Big 12 championship is one that I'm fairly certain I will not be able to view. Dude, I have no plans and I'm not watching that game. <laughs> I want to. It's going to be uh, something to behold one way or another. I'll catch, I have the, a feeling. I'll catch like the clips and stuff. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a clip guy. I'm a highlight guy. But thanks, Dan. Um, again, people are going to listen to this and just scoff at how uh, how ungrateful that sounds. I well, am a family man, I promise. If I was not, then I would probably just be like, all right, y'all go have fun. I'm staying here all day. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to weather it. We're going to make it. And everyone's going to make it uh, as happily as possible. We'll, we'll make it happen. So there you go. I think you got a good plan in place. Yeah. It's, it, it's going to, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. So, all right. Well, Dan, thank you for fighting and sticking it out here with us this evening. Uh, thank you all for listening. And we hope that your teams have the pleasure of playing on Saturday or Friday. If anything, and they're not, you'll be able to enjoy some stress-free, exciting college football this weekend. And so when we come back next week, we'll have results. We will have the playoff field. It will be set by the time we talk next. And so that will be exciting to look forward to. Yes. But until then, thank you guys again for listening. Make sure that you go and follow us on social media, on Instagram, at Lunch Hour Sports. Facebook, The Lunch Hour Sports Show. Like the podcast, follow it, review it. You know what to do. We appreciate it as always. So until next time, this is Jake. Joined as always by Dan. We are signing out at The Lunch Hour Sports Show. See you guys later.